Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Uh, Genesis chapter 37, uh, verse 2. Anybody else hot? Or is it me? Just me? Oh, gosh. You guys are all probably freezing. It's just me, okay? I'm just always hot. All right, verse 2. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tend his father's flock and worked for his half-brothers and the sons of his father's wives. Come. Um, I think a lot of times we look at a verse like verse 2 and we go, why does that verse matter? Why is it there? Why did God put it there? And, and I want to speak to everybody that's probably under the age of 35, but realistically, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to all of us today. I want to speak to you. Why does this verse matter? Because it matters because Joseph was learning how to be faithful. No amens for that? You don't like that? You're like, I don't like that word. I don't like that perspective. I don't like where this message is going already. Adam Steele, can I, can I shout you out for a second? <laughs> Listen, you guys, Adam Steele's up here week after week after week playing this space, helping lead us into worship. And I, when I was standing over there today, I just, the Lord just said, he's so proud of you. You're just so faithful. You're just faithful. You're faithful, you're consistent, he loves you, he's with you, he's for you, he, he's just faithful. See, there's something about being faithful, and this is what Joseph was doing in verse 2. Joseph was learning how to be faithful. And we live in a time and a day that celebrates impatience, and Joseph is learning something that you're not born with. You're not born with faithfulness. You're born with selfishness. I mean, I love kids and I love babies, but they are selfish. It is about them 100% of the time, all the time, okay? And it's something that we have to learn to change in the nature and the character of who we are. We have to learn how to be faithful, You have to learn. You got to learn how to root yourself in a church. You got to learn how to go, you know what? This group is really important and it's it's really feeding my marriage and it's really feeding my life and it's important that we're there. You You got to make sure you learn how to serve. When I was growing up, um, my family had this cleaning business and, um, you know, Saturday mornings were not fun mornings for me. We got up about 5.30 in the morning. The only thing good about Saturday mornings was I knew we were going to Logley's and we were going to get donuts and pop. That's, that, was, that was the best part of the day, okay? And we went and did these cleaning jobs on, on Saturday mornings. And then, you know, at the end of Saturday, I mean, you guys got to think about this. Like, I'm a junior hire, a high school kid. Saturday is my day off. 
It's the last thing I want to do is go cleaning. And then by the end of the day, the last thing that we did, and we did it for free, and we, and we just wanted to honor the church, we would go and clean the church every Saturday before Sunday morning. I learned how to be faithful. I learned how to serve. I learned that faithfulness in the kingdom of God really, really matters. And can I just speak to all the parents today? All the parents, all the grandparents, whatever you model is what your kids are going to live out someday. Whatever you model, if you, if you model to them faithfulness, if you model to them the kingdom, if you model to them that Jesus and the church is important, they're going to grow up thinking what Jesus and the church is important. Kyle, I loved your testimony when, when the Strunks did a testimony about giving Back in November, Kyle talked about how when he was growing up, he saw his family give. He saw his family put the Lord first. See, it's whatever you model. And I want to say this. the, The quickest and the fastest way for the church to die is right now in this generation, in this time, that if we don't take the baton and show the next generation how to be faithful and how to put the church first and how to honor the Lord, it's going to die. Amen? It's important. We choose to be faithful. We don't feel to be faithful. All right, verse 3. Jacob loved Joseph more than his other children because Joseph had been born in his old age. So one day Jacob gave a special gift to Joseph, a beautiful robe, a coat of many colors, verse 4. And his brothers hated Joseph because his father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say one kind word to him. Again, to all the parents, can, can I just give you a little parenting tip? Don't treat each one of your children differently. Don't do it. It's only going to make them angry, bitter, frustrated. And there's a lot of us adults in here today that know that feeling. Know that exact feeling of how a parent, a grandparent treated you Um, less than one of your other siblings and how it made you feel, make sure, make sure that you treat your kids the same. Make sure you speak the same positive things over them. Make sure you encourage them, support them in the same way. Amen? It's important. Okay? Verse 5. One night, Joseph had a dream, and he told his brothers about it, and they hated him even more. Doesn't that just sound like brothers? (laughs) Sounds like a family. Okay? Verse 6, listen to this dream, he said. He's just a young little punk, isn't he? He's like, listen, God gave me this dream. I'm going to tell you all about it. You know what I mean? Verse 7, we were out in the field, and we were tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up, and all of your bundles gathered around and bowed low before me. Some of you are thinking about your siblings, and you're like, that's the devil right there, okay? Verse 8, the brothers responded, so you think you're going to be king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him. I love that the word keeps saying that they hated him. They hated him all the more because of his dream. 
Verse 9. Soon Joseph had another dream. Again, he told his brothers about it. He said, listen, I had another dream, he said. The sun and the moon and 11 stars bowed before me. <laughs> Verse 10. This time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers, and his father scolded him. Dads, can I, can I, there's a lot of parenting stuff in this today. Dads, can I, can I say this to you? When your kids or your grandkids have bigger dreams than you did, don't scold them for it. Just because they see life differently than you, just because they have more vision than maybe you did. Maybe you gave them a better life and you gave them a better foundation than you had and now God speaks to them in a different way. Don't scold them for it. Don't take out your own insecurities. Don't take out your own pride and put it on them. Elevate your kids. That's what good leadership does, amen? Good leadership always elevates. Good leadership supports. Good leadership always says, I want you to be better than me. Goes on and says, what kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow before the ground before you? All right, so let's get some truth. Let's let God speak to us from this passage. Okay, point number one today is this, and I'm going to go fast through the points, and I want you to write them down if you can, okay? Point number one is this, dream on. Dream on. Don't stop dreaming. Don't stop dreaming about your life. Don't stop dreaming about your marriage. Don't stop dreaming about your kids. Don't stop dreaming about your future. It's really important that you're spending time with the Lord and you're going, God, what is your dream for my life? How do you see my life? How do you see my future? How do you see my marriage? What is the dreams that you have? I promise you when you stop dreaming, life becomes real boring. It was real boring. And you find these people all the time. They're really sad, cynical, mean, hard-hearted people. You know who I'm talking about? They've just stopped dreaming. They stopped having vision. They stopped having fresh perspective about their future. I'm telling you, dream on because God has dreams. And I don't care what season of life you're in right now. You might be in a season of life where you go, I'm not as young as I used to be. That's okay. You have breath. You have life. You're on the planet. You're here for a reason. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. Maybe you've been in the same job for 20 years and you can't imagine yourself doing anything different. Well, what if God does, though? Keep dreaming. God has fresh dreams. Ask the Lord to give you dreams in the night. Ask the Lord to speak to you in the car and the way to work. Ask God to give you fresh perspective, give you fresh dreams. Dream on. Point number two is this. Forgive and forget the past. Forgive and forget the past. I promise you, you are not going to receive fresh vision, dreams, perspective from the Lord unless you let go of the past. Can I get an amen? 
Ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, who do I need to forgive in my life? What happened in my childhood? What happened in my past? What happened in the past that I need to let go of so that I can see your future that you have in store for me clearly? Maybe you were disappointed in your past. Maybe you didn't get a promotion in your past. Maybe you got let go at a job in your past. Let, let, me, let me tell you about my first ministry position. I was a youth pastor in Vicksburg, Mississippi. That's right. You have never heard of Vicksburg, Mississippi, okay? You never want to go to Vicksburg, Mississippi, okay? All right? I was a youth pastor in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And let's just say it did not work out well. I wasn't the right fit. The church wasn't the right fit for us. And I remember the last conversation that I had with my senior pastor. And I mean, I'm all of 24 years old trying to figure out how to be married. My wife is seven months pregnant with Michael. We're losing our job. We have no job. I don't know what we're going to do. And I'm trying to figure out life at 24 years old. And my senior pastor looked at me and said, you are the worst speaker I've ever heard in my life. This is his word for words. You are the worst speaker I've ever heard in my life. You should never speak again. Gotta let go. I remember I called up Jess one day after that conversation and I told her, I was like, I'm gonna sell cars. And listen, there's nothing wrong with selling cars, okay? If you sell cars, God bless you. We're going to believe you're the best person ever to do it. But I called her up and I said, I'm going to sell cars. I'm like, I'm really good at selling things. She said, you're not going to sell cars. Have a good wife. Have a good wife to help me to go what? You got to hear what's God's dream. You can't listen to what everybody else is saying. You can't listen to what he spoke over it. What is God's dream? And I had to forget, and I had to forgive. I had to forgive. I'm not holding on to bitterness to the past. I don't blame him. I was a terrible speaker at that time, okay? I, I remember the first time I spoke in the main service. It was, a, it was a car crash going slow motion, okay? I mean, I was glad to be, I mean, I got off the stage, and I was like, thank God this day is done, okay? So to, in his perspective, I probably was the worst speaker he ever saw, okay? It's okay. You got to forgive. got to let go. You got to move on from the past so you can hold on to what God has for the future. Amen? Amen? Point number three. Be proactive in the dream that God gives you. Be proactive in it. Joseph was being proactive, now, he might have came off a little cocky. He might have came off a little arrogant. But God spoke to him, and God gave him a dream, and he was proactively moving it forward. Let me say this. Listen, if God gives you a dream about your marriage, let's say that God gave you a dream about your marriage, and, and in this dream that God gives you, you see a marriage that's fun, it's exciting, there's date nights, there's romance. All the wives said amen right now. And they're all like, I'm claiming that. I'm receiving that right now in Jesus' name, right? Okay, so let's say God gives you that perspective, gives you a dream. 
Can I just speak to you? Be proactive in what God told you. Don't just wait for it to happen. Amen? When God speaks to you, don't wait. Be proactive in it. God wants to partner with you. There is a real place that God has to do what God does. Listen, when God gives you a dream, when God speaks to you about the future, I promise you there is a part of it that you cannot do on your own. He has to do it. But there is a real part that you play in it too. So if God tells you about this wonderful marriage, don't wait on your partner. Be proactive. Start setting up fun moments. Start setting up dates. Start setting up moments. And just bring your partner along with you. Now, to all the men, can I just say this to you? Your marriage is not a business relationship. Can I get an amen? Amen. To all the men, your, your marriage is not a business relationship. Okay? Don't treat your wife like it's a business relationship. Don't treat your marriage like it's a business relationship. Put effort into it. Put spontaneity into it. Be proactive in it. Although I've said, man, come on. Be proactive in what God speaks to you. Point number four is this. When it's God's dream. When it's God's dream. When it's his dream, he is faithful to fulfill what he speaks. When it's his. Psalms chapter 37 Verse 3 through 4, it says this, Trust in the Lord and do good, then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Verse 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Why will he give you the desires of your heart? Because as you spend time with the Lord, as you delight yourself in the Lord, I promise you he will fill you with his desires. Right? And as you spend time and delight yourself in the Lord, with the Lord, he will give you what? His dreams. He'll fill you with his dreams, his thoughts, his perspectives. And then guess what? He has to be faithful to fulfill what he speaks. So that's the best part about his dreams. When it's his dreams, you can kindly remind him, hey, this was your dream. This was not my dream. And then when you're in the middle of seeing that dream fulfilled, you can kindly remind the Lord and say, Lord, you brought this, so now you have to perform your will. Amen. When it's his dream. See, Joseph was talking not about somebody else's dream or some dream that he made up. He was talking about God's dream. This was the dream that God gave Joseph. So he has to be faithful to fulfill it. Point number five is this. The haters. The haters. Every time God does something new, brings blessing, or gives you a dream, I promise you there is a family and their last name is haters. Okay? There is a family, and they will show up. There is dad hater, okay, a.k.a. anger. Dad, hate, dad hater, a.k.a. anger, he's just angry all the time. He's just mad about life 
All the time. And we know somebody right now, we can think about this person right now, they're just angry all the time. They're always like, I work 14 jobs. I can't make ends meet. The world's terrible. I hate my life. And you could be like, man, God, God supernaturally healed, uh, healed my child. You'd be like, well, that's great. I had 10 kids that died. You'd be like, awesome. Thanks. Appreciate you, right? Yeah, dad hater. Or how about this? How about mom hater, a.k.a. Jealousy. Jealousy. They go to somebody else's new house, and, and they're leaving the house. And she goes, I would never want a house like that. That, that is just too much house. Yeah, yeah, we being real right now, okay? She goes, it's just too much house. All I do, all I would do is clean, and God already knows I clean enough, right? It's just jealousy, hater, right? How about brother hater? Just the trolls in life? Just the trolls. I got met by a troll the other night, okay? We went to a movie in Columbus, okay? I took my wife out for Valentine's Day. It was late, and we went to the movies in Columbus, and I walked up with my little e-ticket, and uh, this wonderful person said, I will not scan that until you buy a mask. And I was like, oh, Jesus, it is happening right now. It is, it is happening, and so I said, I said, well, I promise you I'm not going to buy a mask. I'll, I'll accommodate you and put it on for a hot second to get through this door if you give me a mask. She said, no, no, you have to buy a mask. I said, there is no way in God's green earth that I am paying for a mask to put it on for two seconds. I promise you that. And then this, this manager guy, he starts going, security, security, we got a guy up here that won't buy a mask. I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's me right here, right now, okay? And, and, and I, said, I said, I'm not buying a mask. And he goes, well, this is private property. You have to do what we say. I said, no, 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 no. You can give me a mask. I'm not buying a mask. He said, he said well, listen, it, someday if you own your own business, you can do whatever you want. I said, I do own my own business, and I do whatever I want, and I promise you it isn't this. And I'll march my butt right out the door because I was sure wasn't buying a mask that day. And let me say to all... If you're online and you wear a mask, listen, I have no issue with that. I, listen, let me make, make this very clear. I have no issue with that at all, okay? It's just, there's just trolls. There's just trolls. They want to make you feel stupid. Amen? They want to make you feel less than. I, I'm not going to be controlled by trolls. I'm not, man. I am not going to be controlled by trolls. It is not happening. Listen, some of you are trolls sometimes, okay? I promise you. I get up here and tell you what God told me, and you're like, I don't believe that. I think you're wrong. Oh, I could tell you some stories. Y'all trolling me. How about sister hater? Just judgment, Right? Sister hater, judgment. No matter what you do, they always think they have a better plan. They always know somebody more deserving than you to receive the dream or the blessing. They always think if I was in charge, this is what I would do, right? The hater family. 
Anytime God brings a vision, a plan, a dream, a blessing to your life, I promise you the hater family is right around the corner. They're coming. This is what Joseph's brothers were. They were the hater family. They were anger. They were jealousy. They were judgment. They were trolls. And this was the very reason that God didn't pick them. You're like, what is that? That's, that's just, that's the Holy Spirit coming in right there. He's coming in. He's just getting all of us, right? You know what God needs? He needs to give us dreams that bless our lives, but affect other people's lives. Those are God's dreams. God's dreams never end with just you. God's dreams never end with just blessing you. God's dreams are dreams that are bigger than you and that will affect other people's lives. And you know what God needs in leadership? Because here's the deal. We're all called to be leaders. You have influence in this life. And God calls you to be a leader. God wants you to be a leader in your community. God wants you to be a leader at your job. God wants you to be a leader here in Elevate Church. God wants you to be a leader. But he can't have leaders that are full of anger and jealousy and judgment. God's looking for people with hearts that go, God, I want your dream because I want to be a blessing to the earth. I want to be a blessing to people I've never met. I want to affect people's lives. I want your kind of dream. I want your kind of perspective. See, the brothers, they all missed a very important part of the dream. Because when Joseph shared the dream, Joseph never said, I'm going to rule. What was the wording that God used in verse 7. The wording was what? We were out in a field together. So God was going to bring blessing to Joseph, but he was including the entire family. Amen? God never said, I. He included them. The problem was what? They, were, they just weren't emotionally mature enough to hear that. It's tough sometimes. Verse 9. Remember verse 9? The sun, the moon, and the 11, the 11 stars. How many brothers did Joseph have? 11 brothers. So God was including them. God was bringing them in. Can I just say this? Don't be a dream killer. Don't be a dream killer. See, they couldn't recognize that God's hand was on Joseph. They couldn't recognize that God wanted to bless Joseph, but also bless them. They would have rather have killed the dream than it to go through Joseph. Listen, sometimes the very dream you're trying to kill in somebody else is the very vehicle God's going to use to bless you. You're working against somebody else's dream. You're working against somebody else's blessing. 
because you're angry and you're jealous and you're bitter and you got junk in your past and you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to deal with your heart and you haven't moved on and because you haven't moved on, your perspective is, I have a better perspective than you and I'm going to kill that dream. But it could be the very vehicle that God wants to use to bless your life. Point number six is this. Get out of here. Get out of here. Ray, wherever you're at, you can come on up. Verse 23. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe that he was wearing. Can I just say this to you? I'm going to try my best to articulate this because it's not in my notes. Why, why is it significant that they tore off the rope? Because they were, they were tearing off the blessing. They were tearing off the blessing of his father. Okay? And, and the Lord comes and he's a good father and he wants to bless you. And what does the enemy want to do? He wants to tear the blessing out of you. He wants to rip it off of you. Why? Because that, that coat was a, was, a, was a symbol. That coat represented blessing, favor, right? Listen, God wants to come and he wants you blessed because he wants you to walk around this earth signifying the goodness of God. Amen? Do you believe that for you? It's like, do you remember the story of the prodigal son when he came home? And one of the gifts back to the prodigal son was what? The signet ring. And that ring signified that he was a part of the family. That ring signified blessing. That ring signified uh, authority. And this is the very thing that was restored back to the son. So... In this passage, when they're ripping this robe off, they're wanting to rip away the signet of the family. And the enemy he wants so hard to rip away your identity. He works so hard to get you and I to believe that you're really not a son of, the, of, of, of Jesus Christ. So you see him as, as a God, but you don't see yourself in this intimate relationship with Jesus that he is your father and he loves you. And as a son, as a daughter, <laughs> you just have all the right in the world to come to your father and go, this is what I need, Dad. I need your strength. I need, see, there's an identity in Christ. An identity, not a cockiness, not an arrogance, but an identity that you walk with. It's not pride. It's not ego. It's this identity that you go, I am a son, and he is with me. And he is for me, and he strengthens me, and he helps me. 
Amen? The enemy wants to rip it off of you. Verse 24, they grabbed him and threw him in a pit. The pit was empty and there was no water in it. Verse 25. Then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming towards them. It was a group of Ishmael traders taking a load of gum and balm down into Egypt. Verse 26. Judah said to his brothers, what will we get by killing our brother? We'll have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmael traders. After all, he's our brother, our own flesh and blood. And the brothers agreed. So instead of hurting him, they sold him. Verse 28. So when the Ishmael, Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the pit, sold him for 20 pieces of silver, and they took him to Egypt. And the other day, the Lord just gave me this, this perspective that I never had seen before when I read that passage. The Ishmaelites. And I had to figure out, all right, who, who are the Ishmaelites? The Ishmaelites, they were the descendants of who? Uh, Ishmael. Okay? Remember last week we were talking about Abraham and Sarah? And how Abraham and Sarah had a son out of their own strength? Ishmael? Well, this is his descendants. And I thought to myself, Joseph has to have a moment right here where he's thinking, God, this is your plan? This is the plan. I'm going to get sold to these traitors. I'm going to be taken to Egypt. God, this is the plan. Can't you just rescue me right now? Can't you just pull me out of the pit? Can't you just take me back to my father? Can't you take me back to safety? Can't you take me back? I want to show you some, some pictures real quick, okay? This is, this is the dreamer's room. First time I ever walked in. I remember I was like, that was a okay attempt at a ship, okay? I mean, okay attempt. It, it, I mean, I'm like, are they trapping children underneath this part right here? And like, like this slide is made of carpet? I was like, I, I don't know who thought of that, but they don't know the concept of a slide, okay? And I thought, man, that's, that, is, that is oddly strange, okay? That, that was in the dreamer's room. Go to the next picture, okay? Uh, there's Pastor Matt. That was Levi back there. This was the foyer. I remember b- behind this couch was a couple dead mice, and, and I mean, that carpet had uh, stains that you thought there was crime scenes that happened, uh, on that carpet, and it just it just smelled of mildew, and it just it just reeked, it just it just reeked. Can I tell you what I first thought when I first walked in here, into this building? I thought, God, this is your plan. 
Because I promise you, for four years, I, drew, I drove past this place every day. Every day. Every day. And I can assure you and promise you that I never drove by this place and put my hand out the window and declared that this was our home. Ever. I probably drove by this place and thought, God, somebody should tear that place down. I'm just being honest with you. And I think so many times God comes to bless us. God comes to help us. God comes to take us into the next season that he has for our life. And we're like, God, get out of here. Like, God, get out of here. Ishmaelites going to Egypt. God, this is your plan. No, 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 get out of here, God. God, stop telling God to get out of here just because it doesn't look like the plan that you have. Yeah, stop telling God to get out of here just because, oh man, just because, because your spouse doesn't look like what you want anymore. Amen? Stop telling God to get out. Stop telling God that you don't want his plan. He came, he brought this band of traitors to take Joseph where? To exactly where God had a plan for Joseph's life. And the question is this, are you gonna work with God's plan? Or are you gonna work against God's plan? It may not look like what you want. It may not smell like what you want. It may have some really, really rough edges. I remember the, um, the first Sunday after service when we were in the warehouse and we took everybody over here after service to like see the new, see the new place. Some of you remember this, this day. And I was just, I was, I was being really, really good about having the right face. I was believing I was believing in faith. I was trusting the Lord because I had had the word of the Lord. I knew that this is what he wanted. And I remember that Sunday, like walking through this building and watching all of you like walk through the building and you, I would like shake your hand and you'd be like, oh, this is great, Pastor Jeff. And I'm like, you are lying through your teeth right now. You know what we had to have? We had to see the potential we had to see the potential. Sometimes God brings his plan, and you got to see it by faith, not by sight. Amen? You got to see it by faith. I had to spend times in here when nobody else was here. It was just me, and I just had to stay in this room. And when there was nasty carpet, there was purple, red carpet in here, and I, and I would just have to walk around here and just pray, and I could I could see it by faith. And in some of you, I hadn't met yet. But the Lord, I couldn't see your face, but I could, I, could, I could see you here. I had to walk by faith. I had to trust the Lord. Amen? 
Amen. Come on. God wants to do some unique, special things in your life. He wants to give you fresh dreams. He wants to give you fresh perspective. He wants to give you a new season. He wants to do new things in your life. But don't get angry when he brings his plan. Don't get frustrated when he brings his plan. Don't rebuke his plan. Amen? Don't be a hater. Don't work against the plan. Work with the plan. Amen? Why don't you stand up this morning?